welcome back to the This Is Fine podcast. My name is Dana Beeler, and um, you know, I am doing okay. I'm doing all right. I feel a little less overwhelmed than I think I did when I started this, which I guess means that this is doing what it's supposed to do. Um, I wanted to quickly just say thank you to Beasley for all of their help with this podcast. Beasley is a design and fashion brand um, that just released their first online magazine uh, featuring an interview with Halifax artist Johan Black. You can read that now and check out the clothing line at thebeasley.com, T-H-E-B-Z-L-Y.com. This week I talked to Kaya Cater. Um, Kaya is a dear friend of mine. I have known her since she was a teenager. Kaya Cater is a wonderful banjo player, songwriter, and singer um, from Toronto, Ontario. I'm really happy that I got a chance to talk with her. And uh, yeah, so we're going to feature a couple songs, conversation, and yeah. Hope you enjoy. How are you? I'm up and down. Yeah. You know, this thing is crazy. How are you? I, yeah, uh, today is a good day. Good. Feel good, Um, which is nice because I know that like last week was really hard. um and I'm sure there are more hard weeks to come uh but right now feels I feel normal which is weird um I feel okay in the same way of like oh I'm working from home but like I did that before anyway Mm -hmm. and I was originally writing um I was taking a month off to write so I was going to be here anyway yeah um but it is like a little bit stressful being in the states just because of how just chaotic the response is here yeah yeah um are you staying inside mostly yeah yeah (laughs) we have a very cozy apartment um yeah so it's it's okay but yeah just feels like living in strange times yeah how is that like affecting your if you took time off to write, are you writing or are you pretty much like just trying to wrap your head around what's happening? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting that you bring that up because I saw this post by Rachel Cardiello, who um, for the for listeners who don't know, she's like a, a musician, a great musician. And she had she posted this thing that said, you know, look, if you don't owe it to anyone to like spin this crisis into gold or to write a song out of it. Um, You know, and because it came halfway through my writing, my like writing month to write, I had, I had been really productive in the first half half of the month. And then when all this hit, I was like, Oh, I can just write my way through this. Like (laughs) I should just like, I need to just continue as I was you know, and just use this to spur me on and like be even closer to my emotions so I can like exploit them for songs. Like just so like ruthless. Like I would imagine like a, like a, I don't know, like those like old timey comics of like, like an old bald man smoking a cigar and being like, Oh, see, we're going to make some profit. <laughs> like, 
Right. <laughs> and you're saying that to yourself. It's not your manager or anything like that. No, no, it's me. I'm like, yes, Kaya, use it. Um, <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, and and you know, there were these posts floating around as you know, we're all probably too much on social media and and mm-hmm. I saw these posts floating around that was like when Shakespeare was quarantined, he wrote King Lear. It's <laughs> like, okay, this is my time, you know. Um, but reading Rachel's post, she just kind of said, you know, sometimes facing like economic instability doesn't make you want to write a song. Yeah, at all. Um <laughs> at all so I've been trying to like ride that wave and I'm in a songwriting group which is good and it's it's consistent and you submit one song a week which I've been able to keep up with um but I've just been kind of trying to lay off of myself a little bit with this like pressure to keep going yeah no matter what you know yeah I feel that I feel like last week I don't know what day it is but I've think it was last week and I was not uh I would just like wasn't well I spent a lot of time just sort of like laying on the couch watching tv and feeling like I everything that I've worked for has like disappeared um and I I don't know I feel better now so it's like weird to talk about that but like I just I feel bad for people who that is who are feeling like that because it when there's like no end in sight or you don't know what the next like three or four, six months even looks like, and you don't know what the world's going to look like on the other side of this, it's really hard to be creative and also like think about what your career is going to be like, I guess. Yeah. It's weird. And you, cause you lost, you lost a tour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um we had a bunch of UK dates, uh, so that's gone, and they they're moving it to they're moving a bunch of the shows to September. But I just am like, I don't know what's gonna happen, you know? Like, it, I don't know what September's gonna look like right now, and I don't know what the world's gonna look like at that point in time, and also like financially, how am I gonna be able to afford this? Because the job that I use. I have like two jobs and the job that I use to like finance my like music career mostly and like my trips I'm not working at right now. So I don't have that like extra six or like $700 a month to like boost that. So I don't really know <laughs> what I'm going to do, um, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. It's just like that was really daunting last week to mm-hmm. two weeks ago even just to like be like a oh, fuck like what? is happening and then our canadian dates are getting canceled uh just today i got the email finally being like oh yeah we should probably get rid of these because i'm pretty sure people were just like yeah no this isn't happening but you have to call people and talk to them so (laughs) it just i mean it feels unprecedented Mm -hmm. and i like i feel like that word is getting circulated so much and yeah. like there's overuse of that word unprecedented and also strangely the word amid like amid. everything is amid <laughs> like this happens amid coronavirus <laughs> outbreak <laughs> listening to the news too much <laughs> yeah when I have like a top 10 list of words um 
but yeah <laughs> no it's strange and it's I was actually thanks for telling me that that you were feeling paralyzed because oh yeah I've I've been reading about this in it just seems like I don't want to be over dramatic, but someone um, recently called it called this just a grieving process. Like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that uh, like, a lot. Yeah, you know, and and that like a lot of what we're feeling is anticipatory grief, which would be a similar to like a loved one getting a diagnosis mm-hmm. or something, you know, of an illness, and you're kind of like you know that so, that your life has changed, but you're not quite sure in what ways it's going to change yet. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, for me, like I, I met that process last week with, like I said, the, like the like bald capitalist with a cigar in his mouth <laughs> saying like, we're going to spin this, you know? Um, and I was so determined to, to keep a, this like very cavalier attitude about everything, just be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep going. And I feel like the paralysis kind of hit me like over the weekend. And it was just these bouts of like crying on and off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then kind of rallying, but like not feeling that same thing of like, well, what's this all for? Yeah, yeah. Oh my it's gosh, all yeah. gone, like all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then feel and then feeling guilt, guilt for um for being in a place where like like I don't have dependents, I don't have kids, yeah. like just feeling like feeling feelings about my feelings. <laughs> yeah, and just be like oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> the circle, the circle, oh, circular. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely get that, and I feel like that's not going to stop happening. I, I, my biggest thing was like, a, I felt like everything was disappearing, and then b, it felt like everything that I'd worked for was pointless because I was like, I'm not a doctor. I like, I should have been a doctor. I should have done something that could help people like I should be able to like make the things that people need in this time and I um I I had a conversation with another friend of mine and she was just like you're allowed to be like you're allowed to grieve you're allowed to be upset that like the thing that you work for is going away or like gone um and that doesn't mean that like everything is purposeless (laughs) and I was like no yeah (laughs) I guess (laughs) but I, I don't know man I don't know how I don't know how I don't know how people would I don't I don't know how people would just be like acting normal in this situation. Um to feel like everyone is losing something at some point, whether it's like your ability to leave your home or um your ability to see your friends or family or your job or yeah, all of those things. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's strange to be kind of experiencing that as a collective Mm -hmm. yeah that's like the only comforting thing is that everyone is experiencing this right I guess yeah if that's comforting (laughs) it is I think in in a kind of like 
morbid way like it is comforting <laughs> just like i'm not the only one going through this <laughs> literally yes. everybody else is thank too. god <laughs> uh yeah
what's your day-to-day like right now? Like, what are you keeping a routine? Are you doing whatever you want? Stay in your pajamas all day? Um, well, I'm trying to go to bed between 11 and midnight. Okay. Um, which for me is a, a very early bedtime. Wow. Um, cause I usually, you know, in the past, before the pandemic hit, I, I think I had a tendency to like stay up later, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't healthy anyway, but, um, so yeah, so I'm trying to go to bed at like 11, no screens, reading before bed. Like I'm reading the Scarlet Letter right now, oh, actually, okay. which, um, for listeners who don't know, it's like a, it's this uh, novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne about um, this woman, Hester Prynne, who in like early, I think the early 1700s was uh, accused of being an adulteress. Um, this was at like a puritanical settlement in uh, Massachusetts. And, uh, and so she was socially outcast and she, she had a, a child's, um with uh you know the man who mm-hmm. whom I won't reveal who it is but she had a, <laughs> a tryst with him and had a child and she was just kind of spurned from society and uh and so it's interesting to read about a character who had her own form of <laughs> social distancing <laughs> just, just more like moralistic puritanical social distancing <laughs> before we even knew um, what social distancing was <laughs> yeah it was happening <laughs> but it's funny because i i'm talking to friends who are reading like some people are reading like sci-fi which i find to be a little too freaky um mm. for this time but it's interesting to see like what people are reading and listening to you for comfort. Yeah. Are you listening to podcasts? Yeah. I've been listening to Modern Love a lot. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. I write it down. It's like a, it's a New York Times one, but uh, it's, it's just people reading uh, essays. There's a Modern Love column in, in, the, in the New York Times and it's, you know, they, they all have this theme of love, but it's not like mushy mushy yeah it's it's more interesting than that cool. um, some of them some of them are about friendships or which also yeah. sounds mushy but it's nice though know, <laughs> yeah and it's a good like for me it's a good sidestep to all this mm-hmm. to remember that there you know there's more than just this epidemic happening but then I also yeah I do listen to like a lot of news podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like that i started listening to the daily just because my friend was like you should listen to this like listen to this one episode about basically about the coronavirus and i did and then i was like this is actually like good reporting (laughs) on like different uh, subjects which is nice because i normally don't listen to the news because it makes me sad and i don't like feeling sad so (laughs) which is what are you (laughs) <laughs> no, it's Terrible. not. What are you I doing should, for comfort? Oh, for comfort. Um, I mostly am like cooking and cleaning, not because it's dirty, but just because that makes me feel better and like I'm in control. Uh, I've been exercising a lot like every day that I can, which um, isn't something that I normally do, but it's helping like clear my brain for sure. This is very helpful and also is consuming a lot of my evening so that I'm not going to bed at 
8 p.m. like an old lady because I would do that. <laughs> and then I'd wake great. up at 6 and then what do you do at 6 a.m.? Nothing. <laughs> no, there is nothing to do at 6 a.m. Uh, do you have a tour planned? Um, I know you were taking so, a month off, but... Yeah, so I... I was supposed to play a few things, um, the Canadian Folk Music Awards, uh, and then a few events in the States Mm -hmm. um, in April and May, and those have all been canceled. So right now I'm operating under like a June window. Okay. Um, But I'm also like, you asked me about routine and I... I just talked about my bedtime, which oh yeah, bedtime <laughs> <laughs> already. But um, I've been doing this this um, meditation, uh, and it's all about like releasing releasing your need for need to know things right away mm. and to be in control of things right away, especially in times of. Um, in times of uncertainty. And so I don't know if it's nihilist of me, but I'm, I'm just trying to like, you know, if, if my June shows happen, great. If they don't happen, great. Like just yeah. trying to be, yeah, just trying to kind of release my control over it rather than saying like, well, if I just deal with this, then in June, everything will come back and everything will go back to normal. Right. Because I feel like if I operate under that premise, then I'm then I'm going to be disappointed again. Because I'm not the same person I was, you know, a month ago. And we're not the same, you know, we're not the same country and and people are dealing with anxiety and there's a lot of economic uncertainty. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. And I don't know if that's nihilist of me. I had that same feeling that you did of just being like, well, I'm useless, you know, I I should have like taken organic (laughs) chemistry and anatomy (laughs) and done something with my life. God damn it. Instead of writing songs. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that's sort of what I've been focusing on in in my meditation is just like trying to release, release that pressure Mm -hmm. on the future to like come back into focus. But it's, it's difficult mostly because, um, yeah, because we all rely on these gigs for our livelihoods and you know stuff falling through for for a long time means that we're all gonna have to rethink how we operate and how our businesses operate yeah um have you have you thought about like have you thought about that how you'll I don't know you have like multiple booking agents you have a manager you have like a label situation. So you have all of these people who are relying on you to make money in order to get their share of it. Um, how are you having conversations with them about how you'll go forward in the next couple months, I guess? You know, I have 
um, my booking agents, strangely enough, were just so Canadian and American were just so busy mm-hmm. this these past ten days, just voiding contracts and right. rescheduling shows. Um, and so I'm still waiting to have a meeting with both of them. Um, yeah, like I live with my partner who's a bass player and he plays in my band. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, he's been starting to talk about taking a second job or like taking a few other jobs or like he's going down to to um, to to babysit his niece. She's oh, wow. like she's like nine months old and you know, her parents are like both working from home and like they need help with childcare. And so he's going to go down and like take care of her. And that's going to shore up a lot of his missed gigs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I have some grant funding. Like I said, I was writing anyway. And so I was planning to not work, but I think that I'm, probably gonna have to figure something out my immediate response was just to move to a more affordable city Mm -hmm. um try and like lower my expenses as much as possible and to try and um to develop other skills yeah um if you don't mind me going off on a tangent that's okay I, i so before this all happened i was writing a piece I I do a little bit of of writing on the side for publications and I was thinking about writing this piece about how as artists we're so dependent on touring Mm -hmm. and how touring can be so fun but also so caustic to us like emotionally and environmentally and economically it can be tough and I was feeling like there's you know like at some point the other shoe was going to drop and, you know, something was going to happen where we we were all going to have to like figure out what we can do to diversify our income, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, and so I was thinking about this and I wonder if, if like creative people or musicians are just used to like pivoting really immediately to other things, like, in in that way of like just kind of being being ready to like 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 you starting your podcast yeah you know and so my plan to pivot was maybe to try and get into like writing for film um or like trying to monetize um my article writing or just kind of try to use the skills that I already have to to lessen my dependency on touring when it's becoming more and more clear that we might not all go back to touring right away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a, a ma- mash up in my head, but yeah. those are all the things I'm thinking about. Yeah. I really don't. And I'm like, I keep having these conversations with, different artists uh who are at like different levels about touring and everyone it seems like everyone all artists that I've talked to seem to be in the same level where they're like I don't think that we're going to be able to do this this year 
You know what I mean? I don't think that this is a thing that's going to happen. And then I am talking to some industry people who are like, ready to go for July. Like, let's just move everything, move it to July. And I think that like the men, the mentality between the two, like different sides of the industry are so, it's so interesting to like hear those conversations. Cause like, I don't think that we're going to be good to go in July. I don't think we're going to be good to go in September, to be honest. I think like this year is a wash, (laughs) which is kind of scary to say. And, um, difficult to say it, but like, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to like expect, um, from a situation like this. Cause everyone is going to be financially devastated. Uh, I think people are going to be afraid to go outside when they are allowed to go back outside. I think people are going to be afraid to travel. Um, and we don't really know what, what the timeline is. So I don't know. (laughs) Big question mark. Right? Yeah. I wish I wish I had more like um substantial things to say about it, but I really I don't know. (laughs) I mean maybe that's maybe that's like an okay place to be in is like for us kind of not to know and to you know, cause I, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much punditry about what's going to happen and what this means. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and th- yeah, there's so much like need for certainty, ev- like certainty about uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> like, and it's, there's so many layers and I, I just feel like, I mean, I think you're right. The The estimates that I've seen from the Imperial College in London were saying, you know, this is a suppression, this is a long game suppression, suppression game with this virus, which means that like the restrictions are lifted. And then as soon as, you know, the rates of infection spike again, yeah. we go back to this and yeah. then they're going to be lifted. And, and they, their estimate was, was 18 months of that. Jesus you know, and that's so scary. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, yeah, maybe that's like, a, that's a possible reality. I assume the possible reality is that, you know, <laughs> everything goes back to normal. Yeah. That's possible. Um, uh, but yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> know. Um, I'm curious about like what other artists have said about what their attitudes are about everyone. The year. It seems pretty like chill. Like everyone's like, yeah, I mean, if it happens, it happens. If not, then it doesn't happen, which I find like, I find it funny because this is this is our a lot of people's livelihoods. Um, but I also understand that like we can't I don't know, you can't force it to work. So you just sort of have to like sit back and take it, I guess. Like that sounds awful, but I don't know what else, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like the conversations that I'm having is everyone's like, Yeah, this sucks, but you know they'll figure out a different way. I think it's really what you said about diversifying your like income stream is like very important. Um, 
I am lucky I have multiple jobs and multiple <laughs> streams of income. So I, if like one thing fails, I can like do something else, which is good. Um, it's not all of the money I'd like to be making in a month, but it's, it is enough to live on and I can like do my thing. So I'm lucky and I really feel like, uh, people who this is their only music is your only like form of, uh, money is, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. It's be very difficult.
these crowds of 10,000 Yeah, they've already crowned him You can shout and surround him But they've already crowned him With these crowds of 10,000 Yeah, they've already crowned him You can shout at the mountain But they've already crowned him With these crowds of 10,000 would love for you to play the title track grenades um because it's it's just about going through it's it's a story of of my dad going through the invasion of grenada which was a a really violent and scary time and uh, i wrote that song actually i wrote it at your house yeah right right yeah that's so crazy Um, yeah and it's it's just kind of like it's about being in that space where, where you just, you don't know what to do. And you're kind of, you're like <sighs> feeling a little bit helpless. And I think it's a good, it's a good one for, for where we're all at right now. Um, but it's also has that kind of faith and, and hope. And I was really assuming that, you know, people, people, people were like, pivoting artists a lot of artists were pivoting to the online concert format yes and I originally was a little bit skeptical of like well how's this gonna like is this what we're doing now yeah it's like free how do you get paid like (sighs) yeah how do you monetize that yeah what you know and also the sudden like the the total saturation of the market of like you know the online market um but you know I announced an an online show happening tomorrow which was actually um funded through the through the national arts center and facebook together um which was great um yeah uh, gibson she rocks but uh but yeah anyway and i you know i was like yeah i'll announce this and i'll put it on facebook and you know whatever i'm already getting paid so i don't need to like request um donations but people were so, so excited about it and they were requesting songs and they were asking where they could, where they could donate. And I have That's a little so nice. page on my website where they can donate directly to me. And so many people have just done it. And I, and I realized that, you know, people, they aren't allowed to spend money on out. Else. Yeah. Um, anything else right now? And people who are still making a salary and feeling comfortable enough, like they want to help us mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that we're okay. And, and also we're providing a service, which is like music for them yes. or a podcast or some way for them to process what they're going through. Yeah. And totally. And I, I realized like, Oh, you know, it just kind of buoyed my spirits, my spirits it was like, okay, people are still in this and they're still with us. Yeah, and I feel like the band camp day, like last Friday, I think a lot of people saw good sales from that and people really like went out and supported artists. And I feel like there's more sharing on people, on everyone's like timelines of like other artists. I know I'm sharing a lot more of other artists just being like, this person's doing something, (laughs) pay attention to them. Um, and like music industry associations are doing 
a really good job of uh, of promoting the artists in their provinces. It's like it it does seem like the music industry is stepping up and like not um, sitting back, which is nice. Uh, it's like inspiring to see, um, and I appreciate that I can like watch that and kind of like jump in when I feel mentally prepared to jump into that situation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like everybody, you know, in the first week, like everybody took a deep breath and like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody like proverbially sat on their couches and like stared <laughs> into space and was like, what is happening? <laughs> and then like, you know, five days later, it was like, okay, what are we doing to like, to, to help this thing and to help each other? And, um. Okay, cool. Well, that's all I have for you. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Stay safe and uh, wash your hands. I will. Right back after. <laughs> okay. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to This Is Fine, a podcast for the pandemic. Um, make sure that you check out Kaya's music on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much anywhere you can find music. Um, and her website is kayacater.com k-a-i-a-k-a-t-e-r.com um and i hope that you are staying safe staying inside and uh washing your hands until they leave